Hey, it's Lisa Curry. We're off this week at Doom Scroll because I'm preparing to film my very first stand-up special. I'm so excited. In the meantime, Matt and I thought you'd enjoy listening to my first comedy album. It's titled Alive for a While, and I recorded it in London in 2019. If you're in, near, or visiting Wisconsin from somewhere else, I will be recording my special on December 14th at Comedy on State. There will be two shows and tickets are available right now on their website. There's also a link in our show notes. I hope to see you all there and I hope you enjoy my album. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Lisa Curry. And that's the show. Um, that's it. Uh, <laughs> what's up? Thank you guys so much for coming out. How are you? you good? Yeah. All right. This crowd is fucked up. <laughs> I like it. This is like the childless, like, we're out, we're high, we're ready to go. Um, cool. Amazing. I am broke, you guys. <laughs> ah, that's not even a joke. <laughs> I'm really broke. It's terrible. Uh, I'm really good at being broke, which is a useful but embarrassing skill, like wearing an adult diaper or something. Been broke my whole life. Pretty used to it. I do a lot of DIY things. I steal shit all the time. <laughs> steal shit for me. I might steal shit for you. Give me a signal if you want something in the room. I'll grab it. I'll sell it to you for cash outside. That's how I make a living. I, uh, you know, here's another thing, like, you know when you're broke and, like, you get to the bottom of the toothpaste, I think most people give it an extra push at the end, but I like to also cut it open and then I rub my finger in there, <laughs> rub it on my gums like I'm a coke addict. That's how I get that toothpaste out. Get the most for your money, guys. I order soup all the time, I try to still hang out with my friends, I'm like, I'll go out to eat, whatever, I can still hang. My friends are like, Lisa's gonna order the soup. She always gets the soup. <laughs> She's gonna get the soup again. She's always ordering the soup. Lisa just loves soup. And I'm like, I don't fucking love soup. It's $5, okay? I can't afford anything else. Somebody buy me a sandwich. My God, why do you think I'm filling it up with oyster crackers? I'm trying to stuff myself up like a duck, you know? <laughs> I call the waiter over. I'm like, I'll take that to go. They're like, that's not your food. I'm like, that's not your business, is it? <laughs> Didn't ask you if it was my food. I said, I'll take it to go. I try to hang out with my rich friends. That backfires. <laughs> that doesn't always work. I'm like, they'll pick up the tab, surely. Um, not always. Uh, almost never, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I get there and they're like, let's get a bottle of wine for the table. And I'm like, let's not, Shannon. I just drank out of the trunk of my car in the parking lot, okay? I can't do this with you. Jesus. I've been broke forever so it's fine but what's upsetting really is that my whole family is broke you know just like generation after generation all the way back to the beginning of time no one has anything which means I have no fallback you know like if I fuck up and I call my parents and I'm like hey I can't pay rent this month they're like well your dad's sleeping in his car why don't you try that uh, I don't have health insurance surprise uh, <laughs> no one in the states does we're all just uh, I got a shaman so that's gonna work for me you know? <laughs> Got a shaman and some healing crystals. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Drink a lot of tea. <laughs> Think I'm gonna go to the doctor while I'm here, though, just because it's free, you know? I want to take advantage of that. Nothing's wrong with me, by the way. I just want to go, maybe get my arm wrapped up in a cast. <laughs> Fuck it. I'll go back to the States just bawling out with my cast. My friends are like, damn, you made a lot of money in the UK. I'm like, yeah. I fucking... <laughs> 
cleaned up. <laughs> Might get a full body cast bucket. <laughs> I, uh, I had a medical scare recently where I was home and uh, just getting ready for bed. It was a totally normal day. I was sober. And all of a sudden, I just passed out and I fell down and I hit my head on the floor, got a concussion. It was crazy. And I woke up and I was really freaked out. So, of course, the first thing I do is I go on Facebook, obviously, and uh, I was like, hey, friends, anyone ever just pass out suddenly? LOL, LOL. My friends start blowing up my phone. They're all texting me. They, they all ask me the same thing, by the way. They were like, how long were you out for? I'm like, I don't know, Becky. Uh, I didn't set a timer. It was just... <laughs> Just kind of went out. <laughs> and the next thing they say to you, of course, is they're like, don't go to sleep. And I was like, yeah, why? What's going to happen? They're like, you might die. And I was like, problem solved then. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? Spoiler, I did live. Um, <laughs> but I called my mom the next morning. So I was like, I should see if there's like some weird family history of something, you know, that I don't know about. And I, I call her and I tell her the story. I was like, yeah, you know, I was home. I was totally sober. I passed out. And she's like, phew. No one in our family's ever made it through the night sober. And I was like, okay, just listen to the rest of my story. <laughs> just hang on a second. So, you know, I walk her through it, and she was like, oh, my God, Lisa. And I was like, what's up? What is it? And she's like, oh, no. And I was like, what? Did somebody have a brain tumor? Did someone have an aneurysm? What is it? And she's like, do you know what a succubus is? And I was like, what the fuck? If you don't know what a succubus is, you guys, it's a demon that comes into your house at night to try to fuck you. <laughs> I mean, how, how poor do you have to be before you can't afford a medical explanation, you know? She's like, I don't know. You should probably get an exorcism. I'm like, all right. I grew up about an hour outside of Chicago in a small town that I call Chicago because uh, I'm not trying to claim Indiana, you guys. I'm trying to claim that state. Here's the thing. I am from Indiana, and uh, if you ever go visit for some reason, don't. Um, people there are they're special. Um, whenever people are visiting Indiana, the thing they like to say, their big claim to fame is they're always like, yeah, this used to be a big Native American area. <laughs> like, yeah, so is the rest of the country, you dipshits. It wasn't just... <laughs> this corner of the state. It wasn't like there was just a couple of teepees and we just asked them to move over, you know? It's not quite how that went down. <laughs> but when I was a kid, my mom found this arrowhead in the, in the lake that I grew up on, which is a cool thing. You know, it's a cool piece of Native American history, our history. Literally, it's ours now. We stole it. It's ours. Um, my mom found this arrowhead and she calls me a while ago and she's so excited. She was like, Lisa, I just want to let you know, I took that arrowhead that I found and I put it in a safe deposit box at a bank. And that's going to go to you and your brother when I die. And I was like, oh my God, that's our inheritance? <laughs> Is it a rock? <laughs> what? At least leave us a rock and a couple of sticks so we can burn the house down to get some insurance money. You know, my God. What the hell? By the way, like, that's all that's in there. She wasn't like, okay, so you're going to move the jewelry around and at the bottom you'll find the arrowhead. Like, that's, my mom's just paying rent on a rock right now, you guys. I'm like, send it to me. I'll put it in my sock drawer. Give me $12 a month, you know? I could use it. Also, like, if that's all I'm getting, my parents could forget about being, like, having a proper burial. That's not happening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll go on YouTube. I'll figure out how to embalm you myself. And then when I'm done, 
once I have you embalmed, I'll just roll you up into a rug and kick you into a river. Like, bye guys, you know. That's that. <laughs> Done. It is expensive. Like, I wouldn't take out a credit card or anything to bury my parents, just so, like, on record, you know. Um, <laughs> there's a little side story for you. When I was a kid, when I was seven, uh, I had this dog named Duke. And uh, one day he was just missing. And I thought he ran away. And we never talked about stuff like that in my family. You know, uh, dead relatives, missing pets, none of that stuff. Uh, wasn't important. <laughs> so I just thought that my whole life, which is fine. It was a fine story. It's a nice story. He ran away, right? Uh, but then a couple of years ago, I was home visiting, and I'm talking to my dad, and he's like, hey, did I ever tell you what happened to Duke? And I was like, uh, no, but he ran away, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> no, kid. And I was like, um, I think we should just go with he ran away. Uh, <laughs> my dad's like, no, you know what happened was uh, he was really old and he couldn't really see anymore. Uh, he couldn't really walk. And so I took him to the backyard and I shot him. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? Why didn't you take him to the vet to have him put down? And my dad's like, well, why would I pay somebody to do that? And I was like, uh, that's a great question, Dad. That is a really great question. There's a twist in that story. After I had that conversation with my dad, I was hanging out with my brother, and I was like, hey, did Dad ever tell you what happened to Duke? And he's like, well, what did he tell you? And I was like, well, Dad told me that uh, he was really old, and you know, he couldn't see or move anymore, really, and so Dad ended up just shooting him. And my brother goes, oh, is, uh, is that what he told you? And I was like, yeah, you didn't know? I'm like, you were 15 at the time. You, you would have known, right? And my, my brother goes, no, dad made me shoot the dog. And I was like, okay. Okay, let's not tell dad how grandma's doing, okay? Because <laughs> I'm next in line. I don't want to have to shoot her in the yard. I grew up in one of those households where we, uh, we never cried because it wasn't allowed. You know, my dad... <laughs> We, we just didn't. My dad was one of those guys that was like, I'll give you something to cry about. But he was a man of his word. Um, <laughs> so we were real careful with that one. <laughs> just didn't cry much. And uh, now that I'm an adult, now that I've been through some therapy, I realize, like, you need to cry. You know, I, I feel like women, especially physiologically, we need to cry. I think that men need to fight. I think maybe that's your thing. You know? Like, if you haven't been in a fight after the show, go outside and, like, I'll referee that shit. <laughs> you're going to have to, because otherwise what's going to happen is you're going to get to 80, and one day you're just going to get in a bar fight, and your bones are going to explode into a cloud of dust. That's what happened to my grandpa. That's how he went out. I think, unless my dad shot him. <laughs> I haven't gotten any clarification on that one. <laughs> If you ever, now I will just like cry at a sunset sometimes or like a, you know, a really cute dog or something. And I'm, I realize that we really need that. You know, like guys, if a woman ever cries during sex, it's not because it's that good. It's, it's because we've just been holding it in for a long time, you know? Just needed to get it out. <laughs> There's a lot of people having discoveries here right now. <laughs> Like, I wish, I wish women had somewhere we could go and just get it out all at once. Like, we need to, you know? I wish, like, gyms would offer us scheduled cry time. 
And they could run it like a yoga class, you know, like you go in and you like unroll your little yoga mat and they could dim the lights, throw on an Adele album. <laughs> Instead of a sweat towel, you have your ex-boyfriend's old t-shirt because you still got that, you know? <laughs> got a whole drawer full of those, don't you? You could just listen to all those sad songs while you just like, I don't know, like for the warm-up part of the workout, you could just like listen to those songs while while you think of all the animals that are going extinct because we're trashing the planet, you know? Just get yourself into that mood. And then for the bulk of the workout, the really strenuous part, they could just project the notebook onto the wall. You could just think of every guy that's ever rejected you while you get out that good heavy cry that like... <laughs> you know that cry you do when you're a kid to try to prove to your parents that punishing you will actually kill you, you know? And you're like, I can't breathe. Just snot running down. Those are the best cries. I could watch two hours of kids crying like that. It's on a loop. And then the teacher could cool you down with something else that doesn't bother you anymore. Like, mom can't die again. You know, namaste. <laughs> Uh, I grew up in a household where, surprise, uh, we didn't ever say I love you to each other. <laughs> it just, like, wasn't a thing. I don't know, we didn't, like, hug or... It was not affectionate at all. And uh, when I was in my late 20s, I decided... I was like, I should probably start saying I love you to my family, you know, because uh, I didn't get to say bye to my dog. Um, <laughs> it's a weird thing, by the way, when you're, like, in your mid-20s and you start saying I love you to your family for the first time and you're initiating it. It's so it's such a weird feeling, you know, just getting off the phone with my dad and I'm like, I love you, Dad. I mean, I'm not trying to fuck or anything, but, like... <laughs> but, like, I care about you. <laughs> you guys are the best. <laughs> It's weird, like, even my grandma, I'm really close with my grandma, and uh, I'll say, I lo to this day, I'll be like, I love you, grandma, and she's like, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. I guess just, like, make a note or something. <laughs> like, I'll go to hug her, and she doesn't hug back. She just leaves her arms at her sides like she's being held hostage. I'm like, all right. Okay. She's 94, so she's on her way out. Um, I'm not, like, telling her business or anything. That's just the truth. That's how it goes. <laughs> Isn't that like her secret? <laughs> My family knows. Uh, they're going to shoot her any day now. <laughs> She's on her way out. She doesn't have a will, which I think is crazy. Um, I'm too much of a control freak for that. I'm like, I don't have anything, and I have a will. You know, um, just the little bit of bullshit I have, I'm like, I want it divided up properly whatever, like my coffee cups and my car. I really have nothing. Um, I can't stress enough how much nothing I have. But I'm like worried also that my funeral isn't gonna go right. That's like a concern of mine for some reason. I think because I've been to a few funerals and they're always like, something's always off, you know? Like, why did you put the photo up with them with acne? This wasn't necessary. <laughs> Don't do that. I've got an outfit picked out. It's just jeans and a crop top. Um, no matter when I go. Tomorrow, when I'm 90, definitely a crop top. Um, have a little folder on my computer of, like, appropriate pictures to use. Have a Spotify playlist called Funeral Jams, just in case. 
I don't want anyone to get it wrong. You know, we don't need to hear Landslide eight times. We got the message on the first one. Put on an Adele album. Anything else? No, we're over Adele. Okay, good to know. Um, me too. I'm glad she's getting a divorce. <laughs> Whoa, all of her songs are about having her heart broken. Serves her right. Um, my, uh, my grandma is starting to get rid of some of her things, though. She's starting to divide it up. When I was home last Christmas... She was kind of starting to give things to my aunts and me, and she was like, you know, when I die, I want to give you my doll collection. And I was like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> my life is haunted enough, thank you so much. <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do with the doll collection? Like, give me, please give me anything else. Give me your slippers, give me your walker. Give me the 10,000 plastic bags you've been saving under your sink for some reason. <laughs> what special occasion is that for? <laughs> what emergency? <laughs> Killing 9,000 dolphins? I don't understand. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know if my grandma's aging so much as she is transferring her energy into the dolls. You know, like if you look at, like if you see my grandma, her hair is thinning, her eyes are turning gray. You look at the dolls, their hair is thinning, their eyes are turning gray. What's happening there, you guys? <laughs> and she has them all locked in a case that's also locked in a room. I'm like, they're, why are they behind double locks? No one's trying to get in, you know? That means something's trying to get out. Do you understand what I'm saying here? What's happening? <laughs> Plus, I live in a studio apartment, you know? Like, what am I gonna do with a bunch of dolls? Just like, line them up? Some guy comes over, I'm like, welcome. <laughs> Please, take your shoes off and don't make eye contact with my friends. I mean, the dolls. <laughs> not even a gift you can politely take and then throw away later because I feel like they'll just climb out of the trash, you know, in the middle of the night and choke me to death. <laughs> That's how I imagine that happening. I might take just one, though, as a warning. You know, just one, just one and put it up on the shelf. And when a guy comes over, I'll be like, well, that's what happened to the last guy that didn't make me come. So, like, you're fine. <laughs> He's in there. <laughs> Uh, my grandma has dementia, which is sad. You know, it's sad to see her go. But she's happy as shit, which is nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's because she finally realized, or like she, she doesn't realize she's related to us, you know? She just sees us and she's like, who are these fucked up strangers? <laughs> it's your family. Um, it is interesting though, because like my whole life, anytime I've talked to her, we've had the same boring conversation over and over again. Like I love her so much, but we just talk about the weather and the news and like, you know, like barely even the news and our family. Now I call her and I'm like, hey, what's going on, grandma? And she's like, I just talked to the devil. And I'm like, amazing. <laughs> what's going on with the devil? <laughs> my aunts hate it. They're like, don't ask her about the devil. I'm like, no, I want to hear about the devil, okay? <laughs> She's like, he came into the house and he clipped my nails. I'm like, amazing. Does he do pedicures too? <laughs> Can I get a referral? What's going on with the devil? Keep me updated on that. Here's the thing. I, my grandma's very Catholic, which means either the devil is real or this is the best prank of all time, you know? She's just on her way out and she's dead serious. Like, devil's real, guys. Bye, you know? <laughs> We're like, have you talked to God? She's like, no, just the devil. Uh, <laughs> I'm out. I'm from Indiana, but I live in L.A. Now I've been in L.A. for a while. And when I first moved to L.A., a lot of friends were worried about me because I'm from such a small town, you know, and they were like, oh, I can't believe you're moving to the big city. 
Indiana's not part of the South, uh, by the way. It was never <laughs> part of the Confederacy. There's just like a lot of people that have a Southern accent there, like it's a mating call for racists or something. <laughs> I'm like, how did you even pick up this accent? That doesn't make sense. We're an hour away from Chicago, get it together. <laughs> But when I first moved, a lot of people were worried about me, so I'd get all these like weird chain emails of like, how to take care of yourself when you're a woman. Uh, surprise, you can't. <laughs> like, we could be murdered at any time. Um... <laughs> Somebody was just like, fuck. <laughs> I think a lot of women get these, you know, and it'll be like an email from somebody's aunt and it's been forwarded a hundred times and it's like, you know, when you go shopping, when you get back to your car, make sure to look under the car because there could be a serial killer hiding underneath there. <laughs> and then look in the back seat and then look in the trunk and then the engine just in case and look back in your purse and then when you get home, look in the closet and look in the cabinets, look in the washer and the dryer and in the refrigerator. Like, you can never be too safe. Look in every crevice. It's like you have to keep checking and checking. This is why we're late all the time. It's not because we're getting ready. It's because we're checking every two-inch fucking crevice for a serial killer. It's very time-consuming. <laughs> Another thing they tell you, I love this tip, this is a good one, uh, is they say, you know, if you're walking alone at night, you should make eye contact with everyone you see, which is what I'm doing right now. Um, <laughs> Because that way, if someone was planning to attack you and they know you can identify them in a police sign-up, then they're no longer gonna attack you. Yeah, and I'm like, cool logic. <laughs> Except if someone's crazy enough to be waiting to attack a woman and they know you can identify them in a police sign-up, they're just gonna murder you. <laughs> I don't think anyone in history has ever just been like frothing at the mouth, like waiting to attack a woman, and they're like, oh shit, she saw me. <laughs> Away. <laughs> just hide behind some bush. Check under your chairs just to be safe. Right after I moved to LA, somebody, an acquaintance, that's an important word for this story, it was not a friend of mine, not a person I had given my address to, an acquaintance sent me in the mail. One day I get home and there's a box and uh, there's just a six inch switchblade in there. That's all. That's all, just a knife and a little note that said, be careful out there, Lisa. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> is this an invitation to a duel? What is this, you know? And I was a huge idiot, so I was like, whatever, I'm an ind independent woman, I can handle myself. Carry this knife with me. I just carried it with me everywhere I went for the first year I lived in LA. And then one night I was like walking through my neighborhood. I like to do these night walks. I go at like, you know, like 12.30, one in the morning. Because I don't fear death. Um, <laughs> I'm going on one of these walks and practicing opening my knife just in case, you know, just like, like I'm Crocodile Dundee of Los Angeles or something. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, what if somebody does attack me? You know, like what if somebody comes for you and all you have on you is a six inch knife? Like, are you really gonna stab someone? Morally, no question, but just the time it takes. It's not a taser, it's not like a warning device. You can't stab somebody one time like, hey man, get back in the bushes, you know, like you're there. Once you start, you have to keep going. It's a whole night, you're going, you're stabbing, you're stabbing, now you have a whole project on your hands. This is why we shoot people in America. Um, just less time consuming, that's all. 
Uh, I'm into really hyper-masculine guys. That's my thing. I think because I'm the only girl in my family, and I grew up around a lot of testosterone and hitting. And I need that. Maybe less hitting now, more choking, you know? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> One person was like, fuck yeah, I'll choke you. <laughs> and then you guys were all like, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> Here's the thing, like, I, I've had a lot of, like, traditionally male jobs. I used to do construction. I used to power sand ceilings for $8 an hour. I wasn't kidding when I said I was fucking broke. Um, <laughs> used to do that job. I just, I need somebody who's also had some gigs like that so I'm not the man in the relationship, you know? Like, ideally, I would like to date a guy who, like, comes in and he kicks in the door when he walks in. <laughs> but it's because he has a log over one shoulder and he's dragging a deer carcass behind him, you know? <laughs> he's like, make me dinner. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm into traditional gender roles. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I like a guy to build things with his bare hands, but I want him to also smash them to pieces because he doesn't know his own strength. You know, he's just like, oh, I'm so dumb. <laughs> you dominate me intellectually. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about you. <laughs> like dumb but self-aware you know that's a that's the worst thing to be by the way when you're like writing something out and you're like fuck I know there's another E in receipt but where is it <laughs> it's the worst feeling I tried to date sensitive guys for a while I thought maybe that would be my path it's not uh, turns out <laughs> I dated this guy who uh, he was like really into yoga and he drank a lot of veggie shakes and he had healing crystals and stuff <laughs> Yeah, it was new for me because I've never dated a woman before, so, you know, so I was like, okay, you know, just give me, give me a second to adjust to this. And then uh, the night I realized it wasn't going to work out long term, as I was at his house and we were sleeping and he woke up in the middle of the night in a panic and he was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And it woke me up. I was like, oh my God, are you okay? What's going on? He's like, oh, I just, I was having this nightmare that someone was breaking in and I couldn't protect you. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's just the truth. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. I've got a knife in my purse. I'll take care of things, you know? I've got you. I'll handle it. <laughs> All right, so uh, I just recently started sending out naked photos. It's a thing I do now. <laughs> Not like in the mail, but like, you know... <laughs> text messages, naked text messages. Uh, I just got on board with this. I know I'm like the last person to get on board with it. Like my niece is doing it. Her, her daughter's doing it. Her baby in utero is doing it. <laughs> I'm so late to the party here. But uh, I used to judge my friends who do it. I used to always be like, oh my God, I can't believe like you're sending naked photos to some guy. Like he's going to send it to some other guy who's going to send it to some other guy. And then all these guys will have seen you naked. And then one day I was like, oh, shit, that's the whole point. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, if more dudes see you naked, more dudes want to fuck you. That's the end of the equation, you know? And I'm trying to get it out there now because I'm like, I'm in my 30s. This is as good as it gets. I'm slowly returning to the earth. I got to get the pussy pop pie out while it's fresh, you know? <laughs> Here's the thing, too, ladies. Like, if you're shy, if some guy's like, yeah, send me a naked pic, you don't even actually have to send a fully naked photo. What you could send is just two rolled-up pieces of ham and a chewed-up piece of gum in between, and they'll be like, yeah, close enough. Like, guys don't, guys don't give a shit, you know? Every man you know fucked his couch when he was a teenager. 
<laughs> and maybe also this week, you know? So, like, don't... Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. I'm just having a good time just thinking about that really quick. Here's the thing, too. Like, I'm a pervert, so my DMs have always been open. So I'm like, yeah, send me those dick pics, you know? Like, I'm not a doctor, but I'll inspect that shit. <laughs> They're always bad, always. It's just like some sad dick hanging out of boxers. Like, why are you wearing boxers? You're 40. Are you on unemployment? What's happening? <laughs> Toilet seats open in the background. There's just like dusty DVDs on the floor. Like, get it together, guys, you know? I feel like there should be a little shop at the mall where you could go and get a proper dick pic taken. <laughs> so you just have it when you need it, you know? They go in, they could fix you up, spruce the pubes a little. You could even personalize it. I don't know, throw your shit in a hot dog bun with some ketchup and mustard. <laughs> Gentlemen, a tie, hang some ornaments off of it, you know? Deck the balls. I just feel like I have to let you guys know this just in case. Like, I don't know how my night's gonna go after this, so I just wanna let everyone know. Not interested in anal. I'm really not interested in anal. <laughs> That's not even a joke. I just, I don't even want to try. No thanks. Um, like a finger I don't mind in there, you know, if you must. <laughs> and I, I don't judge other people for doing that. Like, do whatever freaky shit you want to do. Uh, but what I do judge is my girlfriend's preparing for it. <laughs> like whenever they're going to do anal with their guy, they're always like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the doctor and I'm going to get a colon cleanse. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're paying a doctor money to vacuum shit out of your ass for some dude? Are you out of your mind? No, not me. Like, if you need to stick a finger in my butt to get your dick hard, that's your problem. <laughs> you pay the consequences for that. You know? I'm real high on fiber. I had a veggie shake for lunch, okay? I refuse to swallow a man's cum and then feel shame when you find poop in my ass. Like, where did you think I keep it, you know? So I'm single. That's great. Just hit 10 years, 10 years single, actually. <laughs> yes, that means I won every argument, you guys. Do you understand? I am undefeated. <laughs> I'm the fucking champion. <laughs> I've been single for so long now that I don't even understand how people get into relationships. It doesn't make sense to me. You know, like whenever a friend announces their engagement, they're always like, I'm engaged. That's how they say it, by the way. No woman is ever like, I'm engaged anyway, do you want to get lunch? They're always like, I'm engaged, bitch. And I'm like, why is it on your middle finger? It doesn't even go there. <laughs> this is so rude. <laughs> Whenever they announce an engagement, I just like imagine that equation from Goodwill Hunting, you know? And I'm just like, let's figure this out together. <laughs> okay. I do remember you bought him that really nice sweater for Christmas that one year. I do remember that. That was a good, that was a good gift. But then you were a bitch for eight years. <laughs> and now he wants to spend the rest of his life with you? <laughs> what the fuck? The math is bad on that. Show your work, you know? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. 
I'm on the road a lot, so I'm by myself a lot. So I have dinner by myself a lot, which is fine. I don't mind it. But what I do mind is if I'm having dinner alone and there's an extra chair at my table, because that's how they set them. They don't set them for just one because it's too sad or whatever it was the host said to me. <laughs> Inevitably, some happy couple will come over and they're like, hey, we see you're not using this chair. Do you mind if we take this chair? You're never going to use this chair, you fucking lonely bitch. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, leave that chair. <laughs> That chair is like a life jacket on a plane. I know I'm not gonna use it, but I want to think that it can save me. I haven't been in a relationship in 10 years, but I have had friends with benefits. That's a great time, huh? <laughs> you guys do that, friends with benefits? Am I looking at that right now? Just <laughs> blink if you're in trouble. Um... Uh... Friends with benefits is great, you know, because uh, that's, of course, where you start sleeping with somebody you already know and trust, um, and then you accidentally fall in love and have your heart ripped out of your chest. What the fuck? <laughs> Those are not benefits, you guys. Those are side effects. It's like if you took headache medicine that also gave you diarrhea. No thanks. Just want to get rid of the one thing. Guy that I was uh, dating or fucking or talking to, not really sure what that was. It wasn't up to me. Turns out you can call him and ask him what the fuck that was. <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, right away I knew I was in love. You know, like two days in, I was like, give me your seed. <laughs> uh, does not count as dirty talk, by the way, just a tip. Um, but like I knew I couldn't say I love you to him that early because then you're crazy or whatever. So I would try to say other things to try and see where he was at. And I'd be like, hey, I just, <laughs> I just like you so much. <laughs> I just like you so much. I want to tear up in your face and eat your insides, you know? I just want to unzip your flesh and climb inside of you like footy pajamas. And he's like, what the fuck? And I was like, whoa, don't get weird. I didn't say I love you. You know, relax. <laughs> It's not that serious, okay? <laughs> really not that big of a deal. <laughs> One time we were having sex and he's like, oh shit, the condom broke. And I was like, all my dreams are coming true. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'll take an accident, fuck it. <laughs> what else am I doing this? Are you kidding me? <laughs> my married friends are always like, oh my God, oh my God, love makes you do the craziest things. <laughs> I'm like, yeah? You shooting heroin into your eyeball? What the fuck is going on over there, Jessica? <laughs> Love doesn't make you do anything crazy. It makes you do like a little bit more for someone else when you feel like it. That's it, you know? Like if you think about the most crazy thing you ever did for love, it's maybe went to Christmas dinner at the other person's family's house. Like that's it. <laughs> that's as crazy as it gets. Like heartbreak makes you do the real crazy shit. Like I'm checking someone else's horoscope and I'm taking it seriously, you guys. <laughs> I'm like, what's Aries up to today? Should I text him? <laughs> I'm paying a psychic money right now. Do you understand? <laughs> I have $4 and a half a rock coming my way. <laughs> and I'm giving it to a psychic, like, tell me my future, witch. Is he in it? <laughs> Here's the thing, by the way. I, I live in Los Angeles now, and I'm, I get into, like, the horoscopes and stuff for fun. Some people take it a little too seriously. Uh, I think that that's their whole life, you know? Uh, that's, they can't function without it. I was at dinner a little while ago and there was a couple sitting next to me and uh, the guy's credit card has declined. The woman tries to speak up for him and she, so she calls up the waiter and she's like, you know, this only happened because Mercury is in retrograde. And I was like, oh my God. 
how strong is the magnetic pull on that card? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, you gotta wrap that thing in foil before you leave the house. We don't need you fucking with the tide and the moon and everything. You know, have some consideration, sir. I don't like breakups. Nobody likes breakups, right? Uh, except for the one doing the breaking up. Uh, <laughs> They fucking love it, and I hope they have a great time and a good life. <laughs> I just, I don't like how breakups are so abrupt, you know? I don't like the way it just suddenly ends. Because I'm like, for me, I get really addicted to pheromones. I get really attached really quickly. I'm like, once I sleep with a guy, I'm like, I, I feel like I own a little piece of you, and it's the tip of your dick. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think it's fair to just end something so quickly. Like, I think if you're the one doing the breaking up, you should send the other person a sweaty shirt once a week for six months, you know, just so you get a little sniff, like, you know, like a nicotine passion, wean yourself off of them. I don't give guys their shit back either. That's like a policy of mine. Like, if you leave something at my house, that's my little talisman of our time together. <laughs> if you really need it, I'll send it to you in an urn, I'll burn it and I'll send it to you that way. So decide if you want your shit, you know. Uh, the guy that broke my heart is black. Um, I'm white, guys. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> it was never weird for us, but it's always weird. Here's the thing, like if you're an inter in an interracial couple and you're the white lady, other white women go fucking crazy over it. Like, other white women would come up to me and they'd be like, oh my God, yeah, get that black dick. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, Grandma, my God, we're in public. What are you doing? <laughs> it is such a weird thing, though, because I'm like, it's not a fetish. I'm into hot dudes. That's my thing. Uh, do you have broad shoulders? Can you fuck? Great, you've met all of my requirements. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> like, at this point, I would date a serial killer if I thought they could make me come. You know, um... <laughs> I mean, honest to God. I know that sounds crazy, but like, here's the thing. Nobody stabs you to death unless they really love you. Like, that's a real thing. If you watch those crime shows, the second the detective walks in the house, if they've been stabbed to death, they're like, well, it was somebody who really loved her. We know that much. Like, immediately. Like, your neighbor is never going to come over like, bitch, turn the TV down. That doesn't happen. Uh, I hate racists. I know that sounds crazy because uh, I'm from America. I hate racists. <laughs> So, my whole family, I hate them. Um, not my whole family, that's crazy, that's an exaggeration. Uh, some of them are dead. So just the ones that are still alive, I hate them. I don't understand people getting a pass for racism. That's always been weird to me. Like, whenever somebody says something fucked up, somebody's always like, yeah, yeah, yeah Jeff is just dumb, or whatever. My least favorite is old people getting a pass. Like, whenever some like a senior citizen says something really fucked up, there's always somebody that's like, yeah, you know, grandpa's just from another time, that's all. That's all, he's just from another time, give him a break. It's like, yeah? How the fuck did grandpa get to this time? <laughs> did he get here in a time machine? I don't think so. <laughs> grandpa lived through the civil rights movement. <laughs> I don't think it's fair that people get to move forward in time with technology and medicine and then just not socially, like what? It's not a game show. You don't get to pick categories. <laughs> you know, you move forward all the way or not at all, I think. You want to say a bunch of slurs, that's fine, but uh, get in your bomb shelter, beat your clothes on a rock, get the fuck away from the rest of us, you know? <laughs> that's the 
use my iPhone if I don't update it every couple of months, you know? And you just want to be out in the world shitting yourself and saying slurs and hating gay people or whatever. I don't understand. That's the craziest thing to me. Like, and I don't think anybody should be like racist or sexist or homophobic. Like, that's it. We're done with that. We moved, we haven't moved past it, but we'd like to have moved past it, you know? I just. <laughs> I feel like you were all like, wait, does she know there's racists? <laughs> Here's the thing. I think there should be rules in place that prevent you from using modern technology and accessing medicine unless you've moved forward socially. I think that should be a thing. So then that way when somebody like my grandpa is like, I just don't get gay people fucking putting their dicks together or whatever. It's like, first of all, that's not how it goes. Uh, it's not the setup. But, like, that's fine, man. You don't have to get it. Uh, but get the fuck away from the microwave then. <laughs> That shit is ahead of your time, sir. <laughs> Passed you up. Just go ahead and sit in the corner and gnaw on your frozen TV dinner with your bare teeth. <laughs> then when he has to go to the doctor because he needs a tumor removed, you know, they could sit him down and pull up his chart and they're like, ooh, looks like just last week you said the N-word. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to give you a quick shot of whiskey and we're going to carve that thing out with a rusty knife. <laughs> If you want to talk like it's the 1800s, that's cool, but we're going to medicate you like it is. <laughs> Here's a real thing that happened when I was seeing that guy. Uh, I'm over at his house one day, and uh, he was like, hey, do you want to watch something? And I am a moron, and so I thought he meant watch something and not just fuck. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm, less, I'm the last person to sign up for Netflix and chill. I had no fucking idea, you know? So I was like, yeah, let's watch that. Um, there's this new OJ docu-series. ESPN does these 30 for 30 docu-series, uh, which didn't air here, but it doesn't matter. You'll get it. You know, you know who OJ is. You know he may have killed someone. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so ESPN does these five-part docu-series on different uh, athletes. They did one on OJ. It had just come out. I really wanted to see it. So I was like, yeah, let's watch that you know, OJ docu-series, because it didn't occur to me in the moment that it might be weird for, like, a muscular black dude and a blonde white woman to watch this together, you know? I was like, <laughs> not for a second. <laughs> so for everyone who didn't see it, which is everyone, I'll break it down for you. I thought it was going to be about sports. <laughs> Instead, it was five hours of really intense race, issue, race issues, and then all of a sudden they were like, anyway, Nicole was stabbed. Who gives a shit? Like, it's two seconds of murder, I swear to God. Like, the most of it, the, the bulk of it is, like, the Rodney King beating and all these horrible things that have happened to black people in America, and then, like, a second of murder. So we're watching this immediately. It's awkward. Immediately, I'm like, I wasn't there for that. You know, I wasn't... I mean, I wasn't even born yet. I'm not even born now. Shit, I'm not even... I'm not here. <laughs> This is an illusion. <laughs> we start watching it. We start making out. <laughs> it's just so romantic, you know? <laughs> we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> We're making out. Uh, we start messing around a little. Neither of us has bothered to turn off the television. <laughs> it's still going. Messing around a little more, I start going down on him. Literally, his dick is inside of my mouth, you guys. 
and they start playing tape of one of the lawyers saying it's an abomination for a white woman to be with a black man. And I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Do you understand the pressure I was under in that moment to give the best blowjob of my life? Like, well, I gotta eat his ass now, you know? It's not... I just keep going because I'm like they're gonna wrap this up that'll they'll probably there's probably gonna be some football footage coming up any second now so I just keep going and I swear to god then they just start saying the n-word over and over again and I'm like my god like at that point I'm not even giving head anymore I'm giving reparations you know? um, that's it for me thank you guys so much